I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Ditchburn. I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance that I needed the most. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your superpower. So lock your door, put your headphones in and enjoy. Sarah Grace, welcome to the world's best trauma recovery podcast. Thank you so much, Anna. It's so wonderful to be here. Sarah, we met a couple of weeks ago when we jumped on a call and I shared, you shared your story and I shared my challenges with pregnancy. You could see what was the problem that I was having with keeping the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't know, but at those times I started to lose my hope to have wow. kids, to be honest. I'm 35 and nothing is happening. And I thought, you know, maybe not in this lifetime. And then you came into my life. Mm. <laughs> and you you told me that you can see a baby girl mm-hmm. in my life. And you also told me that the, the reason for my miscarriages can be a scar tissues mm-hmm. in my uterus. And different doctors couldn't tell me the reason, by the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you, thank you so much. And I know there are some scar tissues I'm going to look into. So Wonderful. thank you. Thank oh, you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome, Anna. Sarah, and I think my, my listeners are wondering right, wondering right now, who is this woman? How <laughs> does she know all these things? Would you oh. able to tell us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, Well, hello, everyone who is listening to this wonderful podcast. And let's first just pause a moment and thank Anna for having this space to come together and like talk. It's an open forum about how we can utilize our trauma, how we can overcome it and how we can embody uh, our gifts as a result of going through the trauma, gaining the wisdom. Um, and I just am grateful for the space and grateful for the opportunity to chat with you. And for me, girl, it has just been such a, it has been a wild ride. And my, my experience, so I've been a licensed paramedic in California for 20 years. I did 15 years in the 911 system. And so I was in South Central Los Angeles for two years and then up the state to San Jose and Greater Sacramento 911. So as a paramedic, obviously navigating life and death and extreme emergencies with with people. And in addition, my personal experience is that I've been able to see, hear and feel energy outside of the normal senses since I was seven. And I was raised in a small town in South Dakota, middle of nowhere. And there was no internet at the time for me to be able to just, you know, research what is this and why am I like this? I just was able one day to see colors around people. And I woke up one morning when I was seven and I was able to see auric fields around people, just colors, different colors. And I didn't know what it meant, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. 
And then I, over the next days and weeks, was able to start feeling their feelings and kind of knowing what they were going to do before they did it. And then over time, that passed and I was able to see it didn't pass, but uh, it compounded in that I was able to see blocks and disease in people's bodies. So I could actually see like where things were kind of which organ systems and what was going on. And then over a few more days or weeks, then it came into being able to see spirits and deceased people. And so it's this full technicolor spectrum, right? So here I am seven years old, small town in South Dakota, very uh, unsafe, unstable nuclear family, not a lot of um, stability there. And so I was hesitant to say anything, but I finally was like, okay, this is a lot. So like I went to a family member and asked like, you know, I, I see these things. And unfortunately they're a very conservative area and kind of again, broken down um, communication system. So I was met with the hellfire and brimstone bit of don't talk about this, it's sinful and shameful and we will you know, send you away to a loony bin if you do talk about this. And so as you can imagine being a, a kid who just like anybody just wants to fit in, right? Um, wants to be normal for whatever that is and wants to feel safe and belong, that was a huge shock to my system. Because in that moment, at that tender age, I developed this sense of fear that something was really wrong with me, like especially mentally wrong with me. And I really uh, recoiled and had a hard time with that because as much as I would try to make the stimulus go away, I could just never, it would just never go away. It was just to me, the experience of seeing the, the energies and kind mm -hmm. of this imprint or impression of knowing mm -hmm. information is as clear to me as the color of the shirt that someone is wearing, right? So I, I couldn't, I couldn't discern and I couldn't go make it go away. And I didn't have any semblance of understanding or support as to what it was. So were you scared uh, at those times? Terrified. Yeah, absolutely terrified. Especially because a lot of what I see is not necessarily, you know, like on the, there's a lot of darkness in this paradigm because this is a dualistic paradigm. And so there's a lot of pain and suffering and, and things. And so I would see things that would be kind of of the darker nature, not having any sort of understanding of what it was or how to navigate it. Oh, I was just terrified for many, many years, for sure. Do you remember your first soul? you've seen my first like, your first soul or dead person the first oh. dead person like dead body that I ever saw was my actual no. mother but the first soul that I saw I believe was just a regular townsperson somebody that had passed way back when I was you know a kid and it would come like I had an, uh, an apparition or um human spirit visit me in they would essentially come to the end of the bed when I was trying to go to sleep and it looks very much like it just, you know, a, a human, just a person, but they're translucent, right? And so at the time, like now I understand protocols. Now I understand what this is. There's nothing to fear in it. There's just different channels of information. Some of us have less, um, or it's almost like cracks in the filter that allow the, the energy that's all around all of us to, to come through. So I understand that now. And I understand that there's ways to navigate seeing like a deceased person. You can just ask them like, hey, 
you know, who are you? What do you want? You know, why are you here? What can I do for you? And then you can tell them to go away. But I didn't understand that at the time. So I did feel very overstimulated and traumatized. Because uh, when I was doing my research, I found this video where a little girl, seven years old, years old girl, started to seeing uh, something in her bedroom and she would start seeing it usually at night time like how would you explain it would they come during the night time or during the specific time where would you see them or it's it would like any time anytime for me some people are more specific because when you're going to sleep you go from waking consciousness which has all of our senses intact right so sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, like we, we're in our little bubble of our individual consciousness. Well, when you're going to sleep, you go through the what's called the hypnagogic state. And that's the field of like infinite. That's the matrix-ish, right? Where, where we go into the subconscious, unconscious, and um, energetic quantum space. And then we go down into the sleep, which is going to be the theta. And so some people see more um, and experience more high perception awareness or see more dead people at nighttime, probably for that reason. Mm. And so, yeah, when, when you told it to your parents, they didn't believe you. No, you know, and I understand it was a different age back then. Um, there's a lot more conversation about these types of things now. And um, from what I do understand from different uh, relationships or different uh, family members that are, this is in my lineage, I guess. I just, I didn't have a strong connection with my mother. So I wasn't ever really to get uh, an understanding of what her perception was, but I do understand that it was through her and my grandmother that they both have these types of things. But it wasn't accepted and it wasn't talked about at that time. What would you say to, to parents who, uh, whose children or child is going through a similar experience? How, what, what is the best way to react? The, the first is not, to try not to squash it through fear or judgment. So even if the, the parent doesn't understand, being open and not invalidating the child's experience or anyone else's experience really, right? But being curious about, well, okay, what? Like, what are you saying? Like, what are you experiencing? And then from there, so not squashing, not shaming, you know, not judging as best as you're able to, remaining curious would be the second step. And then the third step is to like, maybe start to get educated, look around, see, you know, what information is out there pertaining to these things. Spirituality and energetic awareness has come a long ways since my childhood, you know, the age of the internet, and we've got all of this access and community at our disposal. So a lot of the fear has been taken away. And that there's a lot of different teachers and providers that can offer really, you know, grounded perspectives on these things now. And you mentioned your mom passed away. You were 17 at those, those time. Mm -hmm. How her death impacted your life? Uh, she's been one of my principal, if not the principal teacher for me, because our relationship was not healthy. And I've often found that 
people that incur or trigger me the most or have had the most like traumatic experiences with and through for me in my spiritual growth and my growth into um, harnessing my trauma as wisdom, I've opened to looking at them as my greatest teachers, as opposed to wanting to close off and be like, you know, um, that was bad or wrong. Now, granted, it wasn't a, a fun <laughs> dynamic. Um, and at the same time, it her her life experience and our dynamic and then her death even more and the absence of any mother or absence of any sort of closure or reconciliation um that has been some of my core material that i've continued to work with you know through this life this is so fascinating <laughs> because you were able to to turn your trauma into your superpower by make by turning your mom into your greatest teacher and learning the lessons from it, which is so important uh, for healing and moving on. Right. It's really everything, honestly. Um, when I finally came to terms with um, kind of the violence and the chaos that I grew up with, and then her death. And then for me, my reaction with drugs and alcohol as a coping mechanism and an overdose and a near-death experience. And after I finally got through all of that, I had this very stark realization that nobody was coming to save me, that I had to essentially rescue myself, be willing to be like, yeah, all of that sucked like not cool, not fun, wouldn't wish it on anyone. And now what do I want to do with that? And that honestly, Anna, was the pivotal point for me in my entire life, because I think, I don't know anyone who hasn't been traumatized in some way, you know, mm -hmm. granted there's greater and lesser severities and degrees, but really it's it's up to us as the individual to have that openness and that willingness to be like, and I'm not saying we have to accept, we don't even necessarily have to forgive. Sometimes it's not possible, right? But when it comes to, okay, but what am I, how am I going to move forward? How am I going to navigate this through the rest of my life? And we are starting to shift with things like this podcast and more and more different holistic healing modalities and different options and conversations. There's more people that are starting to kind of step into their power in this way. And our society at large, you know, we've overly medicated and sedated and there's tons of addictions because this very moment, right? it's easier to anesthetize and not face what happened to us, or it's easier for us to remain in victim than it is to step into and be like, Ugh, <laughs> that sucked, but what do I, like, how am I mm -hmm. um, perpetuating this or navigating this? What am I doing? And that was really 
um, stark for me, very, very intense when I was like, okay, yeah, the first 16 years of your life, 17 years of your life sucked, right? Mm -hmm. Like most people wouldn't have survived it. I almost didn't on a number of occasions. That's real. That happened, right? But then the next, however, many years I was reacting through all of these, you know, addiction mm -hmm. patterns and just trying to like find a semblance of power and safety and compensate for this, this trauma. And that was the part where once I really got real with myself and was like, okay, but what are you doing, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you keeping this alive in your life? And then instead of beating myself up, right just start to kind of soften and be like, okay, like, yeah, so you were doing the drinking and doing these drugs and like you were doing these things and I have an understanding of why, right? And obviously I had stopped after my near-death experience, but then starting to make a plan to like move forward. How do you want to move forward? And then being willing to very slowly and gently take steps towards something new while not closing down everything that we've been through or I had been through. Does that make sense? Absolutely, mm -hmm. Sarah. You said something that really resonated with me. No one gonna come and save you. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who can support you through this. 100%. You have to you have to want it. Mm -hmm. The uh, responsibilities are on you 100% of the responsibilities because if you if you don't make this decision and this commitment no one can help no one can help you to mm -hmm. be honest. And this this is a goal for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just wondering, when you were intoxicated with drugs uh, or alcohol, could you still um, see that people or feel this energy or it was numbing you completely? So different substances I found did different things, um, much as the case for pretty much anyone who's going through um, trying to numb out, whether it's food and sugar or nicotine or alcohol or drugs. For me, anything that was a depressant or like a psychedelic hallucinogenic would actually increase the potency of what I was experiencing. So when I was young, I didn't like those at all because I didn't want to, but anything that was speedy, like an upper would actually sedate. That was the only thing that I found that would ever kind of push the stimulus down to normal. And I find that that's very interesting and very common because we've got this whole um, society of quote ADHD presentation, right? Or energetic mm -hmm. sensitive people. Even Robin Williams was famously quoted and he was very open, very energetically sensitive and uppers and cocaine and things like that would actually bring him down to a baseline. So that's, I noticed that. But what I also noticed was that it's not conducive to a healthy life. Like you can't continuously be on, you know, Adderall or speediness or whatever, speed or math or Coke or pick your poison with all of it. It, it it's, it's not a lasting or a long-term, right? Solution is what I, is what I found with it. And so I've got a bit of an interest or a different vantage point. I don't have any judgment about any sort of 
coping mechanism that people come up with because I think everybody is just trying to do their best with something that they're really grappling with. And so because I've been through uh, the different, you know, drug spectrum and all of that kind of stuff, and I have an understanding, one, it made me a, a better paramedic. And mm. now two, I have my own holistic healing practice. And it's like to, to not have any sort of judgment over whatever it is, even if it's mainlining heroin or smoking meth or crack or whatever, it's like, okay, we want to take stock and be real with it about like, the nature and severity of the addiction, but then getting all the way down to the, the energetic origins of things. To mm -hmm. me, it's all kind of the same, whether it's just sugar or whatever, people are just trying to numb out, you know? And then you probably have to, um, to, to be able to stop numbing your feelings. It's the best thing to look into the core of the reason why you're trying to numb it and remove it. Um, Sarah, I'm just wondering, what is your opinion? What do you think is happening to our soul when uh, trauma of any kind, physical, mental, sexual, verbal, is happening to, to us? Well, a lot of times there's a disassociation that happens. And so we have our physical body, and then we've got an emotional body, a mental body, an astral body, an etheric template, and it goes out. Okay. So if you think of like Russian nesting dolls, mm -hmm. what we are made out of is vibration or vibrating particles that come together into trillions of cells so that we have this body and we can have our experience, right? So when it comes to having any type of trauma, what a trauma is a lot of times it's, it's an outside experience that's just too big for our own psyche or body to handle mm -hmm. and so a lot of times what happens is the soul disassociates right and I personally spent most of my 20s early life in the 20s residing about you know a foot outside of myself behind and above. And that's where I kind of, I watched myself and I've got clients all over that talk about this too. It's like, here's how it presents. They're like, I don't know. I just, I, fibromyalgia or, or general uh, lethargy, um, things like that. But mm -hmm. a lot of times they're like, I just can't get excited about anything. Or I feel like I'm watching life go by, you know, there's that general sense of disassociation or disconnect. And what it is, is it's a, it's a protection mechanism. You know, our psyche is trying to protect us from something that's too intense. So we disassociate. So when it comes to healing, one of the steps Step one is to realize that it's possible to heal. Mm -hmm. Step two is to start to assume our own responsibility and well, what am I going to do about this and, and identify our willingness. And then when we are finally going to really start the integration process, being willing to come back down and into the body is, is where we start. Okay. Because a trauma is stored in the cells and it lives there as data right? And it can form disease or scar tissue or like any number of energetic presentations um, in the chakra systems and the meridians and, and things. But if you have been through something traumatic and you feel like you're just kind of stuck in an apathetic or depressed state or maybe a, a manic state, 
or maybe you just feel like there's this haze over life, it, there's a good chance that you're not grounded in your own body. And there's a lot of tools and ways that you can come down in and let's start your start your healing process. Would you share with us uh, one main probably step for people to take Absolutely. To, to bring the soul back into the body? Absolutely. So it's a scary thing. It can be a scary thing because we kind of intuitively know that it might not be comfortable, right? Because that's the reason that we bounced out in the first place. Mm -hmm. But just know that you can do it. Know that you're strong enough. And especially if you're at the point where you're making the decision, mm -hmm. like your soul is ready, right? To, to, to integrate it, or it wouldn't be presenting for you, right? Mm -hmm. So breath, is one primary one however you want to connect to your breath if you just want to do um the kundalini like long slow diaphragmatic breath in for four and then you can exhale either for four or six counts that's going to be one i'm kind of an intense person so i like exercise that really gets me down in my body so anything rhythmic walking dancing running jumping on a little rebounder trampoline, anything that's going to begin the actual anchoring in the physical body, yoga, phenomenal. Yoga is moving meditation. Yoga is one of my primary tools that I've used for 25 years now. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, then if you wanted to get a little bit more, there's what's called TRE, trauma release exercises. Um, mm -hmm. go ahead and Google those and they help to move some of the trauma out of the cells. Um, Peter Levine's work with somatic trauma therapy, phenomenal. So Peter Levine, waking the tiger, phenomenal. I mean, you know, I love the name already. <laughs> yeah, he's the tiger. So legit. yeah, he's so <laughs> legit. And it's, there's so many great tools out there, you know, it's just, as a matter mm -hmm. of, um, you know, having the, having the awareness, mm -hmm. having the courage, having the willingness, and then implementing. What an amazing advice, Sarah. Thank you so much. And I remember myself, I was going through Psyche mm -hmm. and that's where I first time heard that my soul is not connected to my body. And you are right. That's how it felt. Like I'm just watching my life passing by I can't do anything I was feeling so tired I was I wasn't feeling myself mm -hmm. and uh, she told me that when my trauma my sexual abuse happened my soul just dissociated from my body because it wasn't safe right to be there so I remember I was working a lot on myself to feel to make myself feel safe mm -hmm. in my own body mm -hmm. And I, uh, I felt, I felt like my life came back into my body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm back in control. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. And if you think of things just from a purely energetic standpoint, mm -hmm. if we are disassociated, which I would put probably upwards of 60% or more of our society as disassociated to some degree at this point we're kind of we're not taught 
personal power. We're not taught emotional intelligence. We're not taught nonviolent communication. We are taught to kind of duck and run or medicate or um, project the like the other person, you, 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 as opposed to like self-inquiry, right? Mm -hmm. so there's a tremendous amount of disassociation. That's what it is. Okay. It's just where we're at. And conversations like this, right? It's the butterfly effect. Both you and I have gone through things and we've both been able to harness that as power and wisdom. And by having a conversation like this, maybe it illuminates things for other people. And that goes on to illuminate more for others, right? But being powerful, it's exactly what you said, because we can't be fully powerful creators in our life if we're not integrated or grounded in our field, right? And so just understanding the power of it and at the same time, gentle, it's okay. And a lot of times people have lived outside of themselves for so long that it's really foreign and scary and overwhelming, especially mm -hmm. for energetically sensitive people who just feel like they cannot handle the intensity mm -hmm. of the stimulus. It might take a few times where you come down and in for a little while, and then you're like, oh no, <laughs> screw this. And then you go back out, <laughs> then you come back down again. And that's how my experience was. It took me a number of times to finally be able to trust that I was safe enough to be in, in embodied mm -hmm. and that I could handle the amount of stimulus without medicating in any way that I was, that it's okay. That mm -hmm. it's just okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took me quite a while to be able to trust that within myself. And now it's like, oh, okay. You know, it's not even really a thing to me anymore when I was out for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. So if, if any listener out there is navigating this, just go easy with yourself. You can kind of make it a game. Okay. And you can play with different ways to come and feel grounded. And what grounded feels like is just what she's saying. Like, I felt like myself. I had energy, right? Yes. I felt clear. I felt more powerful. Like, I felt more connected. And more whole. More like, whole. you become whole. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that once the soul comes back in, then any fragments of that trauma will start to illuminate, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where kind of the quote, the work comes where we can either, you know, feel it. And it's really just, are you able to just experience the discomfort without trying to change it or shift it or make it mean anything? Can you just let it be there? knowing that it's just part of the trauma cycle, knowing that it's integrating and knowing that you're going to be healthier, more grounded, more integrated as a result of being able to just kind of be with those parts of ourselves that are not so fun. Sarah, you know, this question popped in my head. I work with uh, lots of people for... Um, who are going through depression and anxiety and are on depression and anxiety medicine and I know you uh, you bridge you bridge the western medicine and holistic healing what is your opinion on antidepressant and anxiety medicament uh, tablets because so many people cannot get out from this state without those pills 
and what that's totally you? yeah that's totally okay so again we just want to take stock and evaluate where we are as a, as a society and this is where we are where the bulk of the populace is actually medicated it is over 60 percent of the population that's on some sort of medication let's just let that be what it is okay mm -hmm. And then when it comes to like me as an emergency care provider, Western medicine, this isn't about poo-pooing Western medicine, okay? Mm -hmm. Western medicine is amazing in emergency situations, okay? If you're going to be dead in under an hour, guess what? You need us, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're not like lavender oil is not going to do anything for an arterial bleed. It's just how <laughs> it And when it comes to um, surgical intervention, if there is something, you know, a spe cardiac specialty or a, a tumor in the brain and somebody has to actually have a surgery, again, same thing, like phenomenal, Western medicine's phenomenal with that. Where we lapse is chronic health care and especially me um, mental health care. Okay, mm -hmm. because Western medicine is a for profit sick care system. Okay, very little emphasis is placed on wellness or preventative maintenance in Western. It's very much let's suppress the symptom with the pill. Okay, and that's just what it is. Okay, so some people genuinely find tremendous relief and benefit from taking medication. And a, a lot of people are actually kind of stuck in a cycle where they aren't able to fully integrate whatever that trauma is because they're in this hazy, flat affect state that the medication is kind of keeping them in. So it's not a black and white answer. It's very uh, clear. It's a case by case individual, right, type experience. And as opposed to saying that it has to be either or, I really found for me, maximum benefit is when we bridge worlds. And sometimes like I've got a lot of clients that have just through the roof anxiety and they like cannot function. So if they're taking something that's going to allow them to at least take the edge off while simultaneously bringing in Chinese herbs or Ayurvedic herbs or starting to do the, you know, trauma integration work they can it can be both okay mm -hmm. where the reality though is that a lot of times it it puts a cover over the symptom and then that symptom just in it's not going to go away okay and it, it to to heal the only way out is through okay and sometimes it can feel really scary because we feel like we're sinking down into this like ickiness of when we're actually doing our integration and our healing work it's mm -hmm. not like, real healing is messy business it's not like just looking all cute on your yoga mat like om shanti you know that's one version of it but when we're really kind of down in it and we're really navigating those parts of ourselves and the experiences that are really challenging it's not comfortable okay so if somebody's perpetually on medications or they're stacking and taking multiple medications it prevents that discomfort and the discomfort is usually the impetus to grow into and through the the healing process Does that make sense yeah absolutely and i agree with you in the moments of a deep uh overwhelming emotions we we probably it's better to have some 
to take some medication if you feel like you need it to help you to get through this experience. Um, but I really, I, I really want people to hear that it's not your um, the whole life, uh, <laughs> you know, solution. Right. So there is, yeah, and and you you said it so perfectly. You need to look into the um, what is what is underneath. Uh, what is the reason of you having this experience? Um, right, it's not uncommon nowadays for to start on one medication and then the symptoms persist or they just change and then get another medication and then de develop side effects for those and get another medication. So on the ambulance, I would see people on upwards of 15 different medications a day, all, like all every day we would take those people into the hospital. And I'd be like, what do you want this for? And they're like, I don't know, because my doctor told me to be, right? They're just completely- Because I was told, because I was yeah, told. Yeah, because so. I was yeah. told so. And so that is the current state. And again, by having conversations like this of not like, okay, that is what it is. It works for mm -hmm. some people. And I'm interested in health and vitality. Like mm -hmm. I'm interested in maximizing my immune system and utilizing natural medicine to vibrate at a really high capacity and like create an amazing life for myself. And I've been able to do that. And I'm happy to, to share, you know, how I did that. Would you share with with us what is the intuitive healing? Yes. So, okay. So as I had said at the beginning, I've been able to see, hear, and feel energy outside of the normal senses since I was seven. And then I went through a lot of trauma and difficulty around acceptance of that. And once I had kind of gotten myself through and understood Nobody's coming to save you. This is how it is for you. How are, what are you going to do to make it work for you? Okay. If, if you know all of the stimulus is there and it's just what it is, what are you going to do with it? Right. And so I became a paramedic and on those thousands of 911 calls that I ran, the energies just started working through me. Okay, so this was nothing I was trying to do. I was still very much wanting to fit in. And I was around all macho alpha firefighters and SWAT guys by this point. So of course I was I can't imagine you by me by being macho. <laughs> oh god, I just pop out of the ambulance. I'm five foot one. They'd be like, what is this chick doing here? You know, it's just me and all these huge dudes. But I became the paramedic who was always there for death and extreme crises. And as a provider, like I figured out kind of the nuts and bolts and um, mechanisms of how to run a 911 call. And over time, the intensity of the energetics on scene would intensify. Now, what I mean by that is my experience was very matrix-like. And everything would slow down for me. So we would arrive on scene and I'd open the ambulance door and my boots would hit the ground and everything would go slow motion and it would crystalline. And it was very much like I kind of sensed everything simultaneously. Okay. And I knew what was going to happen two or three paces before it did. So I was able to ride that edge of life and death with countless people. 
And over time, I began to kind of notice um, almost like an organized symphony in the chaos of death, meaning I could watch how the chakra systems would release and I'd watch the soul exit wow. the crown of the head and we'd be doing CPR wow. and I'd watch the dead loved ones come and I knew the second that soul transitioned, right? Wow. And I did that countless times. And then on trauma calls like car accidents and shootings and domestic violence, I would see angels, celestials by the body and by the person who had just been killed. And I would watch and communicate with the soul because the soul was in shock. Like you're just, you know, driving to work one morning, drinking your coffee, listening to the radio. And the next thing you know, you get T-boned by a Hummer, right? And that's it. Mm -hmm. And so the soul would be confused. Well, over 15 years, I had plenty of time to start to kind of develop a curiosity and a protocol of like, what is this? <laughs> why is this that I'm seeing this when they could, the, the soul who the person who had just died could see that I could see them. That's and, what I was asking you on our meeting, first meeting yeah. behind the camera. Can they see, can they know that you- It's like, somehow it's almost like a lighthouse. It's, it's just an awareness, right? So if you ever talk to a medium, a medium is a person who communicates with dead people the dead people just come and it's like holding a lantern in the dark and we're just there's just a knowing and a way of communicating so i would communicate just by thought through telepathy with the soul while i would be working on pulling their body out of the car or doing cpr or telling their family you know i'm sorry but your brother mother father whoever is dead right very intense space to be but at the same time i just started to notice like wait a second i was able to kind of what i would do is i would lock in with the person who was dying or having the cardiac event or they couldn't breathe or they're drowning or whatever it's like literally this critical thing and i would be in that place with them and then my experience was i would just suddenly kind of expand and everything would get really really like gentle and slow and calm and being able to utilize that calmness in the middle of this you know blood spurting or whatever's happening world then i would be able to meet that person in a place of their own like worst nightmare okay and so after doing that so many times and being able to really, really help not only the person, but their family, I, that's when I was like, okay, what is this? Why am I like this? Like, what actually is this? And that began my own personal process of um, curiosity and education. So I still had to kind of come to terms with, you know, the words mystic and psychic are still very heavily stigmatized in our culture, you know, so I, I was still really hesitant to like open the door, but I decided, okay, if I, this is how it is for me, I've done this with thousands of people now, like, okay, so it's real, it's real for me, right? It's real for them. So how about I get educated? And I started with Reiki, very, very basic, beautiful, easily accessible, you know, kind of 
practice. And that taught me how to start to kind of push, pull and stop energy through my hands. And then I studied, so I went Reiki, shamanism, the bulk of my work and knowledge base comes from shamanic and plant medicine studies, uh, medical intuition, mediumship, energy healing, holistic healing, many, many years now of investigating and kind of being curious. And for me, I'm not, I don't resonate with the woo-woo, um, more power to those who do. Uh, for me, I just really resonate with like, what is, how is it actually going to help you in your every single day? Right. Mm -hmm. Like if we have this awareness, we can spiritualize mm -hmm. it in this way that sounds fluffy and light, but mm -hmm. like, what is it actually doing? Right. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in is like, okay, cool. But like, what about it? <laughs> and so I've kind of taken all of these little bits from over the years and all these different teachers and experiences and created my own, um, it's just my own healing practice. And so ultimately what I do now is called psychic surgery. That's not my own thing. Psychic surgery has been around for a long time. It makes sense how I came into it though, with my medical background and being mm -hmm. able to like be around and understand surgical intervention and emergency care intervention. So psychic surgery is just another branch on the energy healing spectrum. It just tends to be more um, specific in terms of potency and trauma integration and being able to, it's almost like rotorooting somebody and helping move and jostle and jar some of that emotional trauma and the mental trauma and the physical trauma and the addiction stuff. It's like coming in and just like squeegeeing you, right? So the person will go through a catharsis or have a light bulb moment. And really what it is, is balancing all of the layers of the energetic bodies, addressing any physical issues, and then figuring out what it, the thought the thought process and patterns and the emotional stuff too. And so it's really, I hope that's not too complex or long-winded of an answer, but it's not like a, a, it's just not a simple basic thing. It's, it's, it's potent. And it, what it is, is just like total restoration, body, mind, and spirit. And uh, it's potent for sure. Sarah, who is your ideal client? Who do you work with? Ah. Uh... I have been so blessed and I have to tell you, so I've had a full-time practice. I was on the ambulance 15 years and I've had a full-time um, practice the last five, six years. And I put out my first book, Journey into Grace, Tales mm -hmm. of a Psychic Paramedic, about what I saw on the ambulance. And when I put that out, what's happened is it's just been word of mouth and it's kind of just taken off. So I've been very blessed to have clients from all over the world. And I love working. Really, everybody that comes um, has their own unique experience or issue. But I tend to attract people that are integrating severe trauma, like severe trauma. I tend to attract people that are um, navigating addiction and finally want to break the pattern. And I integrate um, a lot of like end of life or suicidal ideation, depressed people. 
and a lot of very energetically sensitive people that are just like, what is this? <laughs> so it's full spectrum and it's been really, really beautiful, but I love more than anything, like I'll crawl down in there with you. Like I'll go out into the darkest little crevices with you and I'll hold the lantern and we'll just sit there together until you feel safe and comfortable enough to be able to like, okay, like I am okay. I have enough energy now to start kind of moving out of this. Um, and then my favorite thing in the world is to help that person begin the process of remembering their own power. This isn't about mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. And this is our, the, you are just a guide. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, I've been there myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can share from personal experience, but your process and your journey and your gifts and your power and your wisdom are yours. Okay. And our spirit of the spiritual is one of the challenges I have with the spiritual community is there's so many people like, oh, it's follow me, right? Like I go take my course, I know, whatever. And that's, it's just a symptom of what is for me, what, it, what resonates the most is how can we help you to remember your own, right? And um, yeah, I find people that are really at that pivot point that they just cannot go any further as they've been and they are really really finally ready to make a shift I attract those guys I don't because I'm not like your average hand-holding healer like I'm not going to like work with you for months and months or years I'm still very much paramedic well we'll go in We'll get you all triaged. I'll get you out of the ditch. We'll get you stabilized. We'll energetically clear you. We'll physically deal with your issues. We'll mentally and emotionally get you like squared away, give you a program or just give you a like, okay, these tools, right? Because then it's like little rungs on a ladder where the person's like, okay, God, I finally, it's like, I finally feel like I'm not so broken. I finally feel more like myself. And now I feel like I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a big believer in uh, in utilizing these services people like like you because uh, it took me 20 years to come to this point <laughs> and probably if I would find you 20 years ago it would take me a <laughs> couple of weeks oh, or months sure. to go through this sure. um, it will uh, yeah, I, I know it will, it would cut off my, my journey, my healing journey by, by far, you know, and make it much less. Yeah. And it's all about sharing those tools, you know, what mm -hmm. I'm saying? like I, I make jokes, like, I feel like I've been macheting my way through the forest forever, like trying to figure this out. And had somebody told me 20, 25 years ago, oh, you're not crazy. This is what this is. You're energetically sensitive. This is clairvoyance. This is how you deal with it. This is clairaudience. This is how you deal with it. This is claircognizance. This is how you deal with it. This is what you do when you see dead people. Welcome to the world of shamanism. Like if somebody just would have been like, it's okay, you're okay, that would have shaved significant progress. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am because I've been to those depths and I've been navigating this for so long that I can come to pretty much anybody, whether it's a crackhead in an alley or a billionaire or somebody trying to heal themselves or some like famous spiritual, whatever. To me, it's all kind of the same and just meet them, meet them where they are, right? Let's just be real. Because, right? you know, exactly. <clears throat>
Sarah, what would be your best advice for people who are going through a difficult time at the moment? Remember that this is just now and it will eventually shift. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a hard, it's a pretty brutal time right now. The last couple of years for a lot of people have just been brutal and it's okay if you feel like you can't go on and it's okay if you're repeating old patterns that you thought that you had gone beyond. Mm -hmm. It's okay if relationships are breaking down and going away and all of it is just now. So when it comes to the discomfort, just try to be present and allow yourself to just sit kind of in that murky unknown without having to shift it or make it positive or spin some love and light stuff on it. Okay. Just if you just let yourself sit in it and then come back to you. Okay. This sucks. I don't like this at all. What do I need? Do you need a glass of water? Do you need to eat some food? Do you need to go outside? Like basic, do you need, what is it that you need? Do you need to pet your cat? Take your dog for a walk? Something that's just so basic. And what'll happen is because we're not trying to spiritualize or like make something mean or trying to pretend it's not there, we're trying to power through it in some way because we're not doing that. This energy begins to integrate in your field and it becomes part of your wisdom. So when you're sitting there in your room and you just feel so crappy and you just can't deal, like you just don't want to do it anymore and you're just laying there, I promise you, if you can just let it be with that gent very gentle awareness of like, this will pass. Like at some point it will shift. And if it helps you to think about five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there's a good chance you were in some sort of, ex you know, experience that you didn't like you made it through that, right? Mm -hmm. It will eventually shift and integrate. And if you can stay in this space and be curious I guarantee there's going to be some wisdom. There's going to be some gold. There's going to be some like, this is in your life because of that, <laughs> right? Relationship or nuclear family pattern or trauma or whatever. And that begins the process. That's the gold. That is the wisdom. That is the juice. And that juice, then you can take and you can be like, you can implement it into your day-to-day -day life for, yeah, it just helps you feel a lot better. What an amazing advice. Thanks. Thank you so much. Sarah, where people can find you? Sarah at sarahkgrace.com, S-A-R-A-H-K-G-R-A-C-E.com, Sarah at sarahkgrace.com. And I just started, so you can find on the website, sarahkgrace.com, you can find access to all my books, okay? Mm -hmm. And Journey into Grace is on there. And then I just formed this thing. So I do uh, sessions, uh, with people all over the place so we can do it on zoom or whatever it's just as effective and some people are like how do you do that on distance but it's um, a thing called quantum entanglement which not going to get way into quantum physics with you guys but it just means that two particles at a great distance can be manipulated simultaneously and that's how distance healing works and is effective 
Um, but you can reach out if you want a session. And even more exciting to me is I just founded this, it's called the Grace Place. And it's for people who are energetically sensitive or overcoming a trauma or addiction or just, you know, need a place to vent and be held and supported for as they are. And it's just a, it's a, a monthly membership, right? But it's a, just a group of us and we are doing a lot of group energy healing sessions, meditations, Q&A. It's really yummy, yummy, yummy. So it's only 11 bucks a month, which is less than two Starbucks runs, right? Yep. And it's like soul nectar for people that are just like parched and they are wanting something more. You want something more in your life, something real, something authentic, something like deep than mm -hmm. the grace place. So you can find that on the website too. Amazing. Sarah, before we go, do you have any concluding thoughts? No, I just want to thank you again, Anna. It's been beautiful knowing you for just these few short weeks. And I look forward to continuing to grow our friendship and our connection. And I'm just so proud of you as, you know, soul family, someone who has taken her trauma and had the courage and the willingness and not only to do it for yourself, but then to open it to a platform to help other people. Like that's everything, you know, like, thank you so much for doing that. And for everybody who's listening, like you got this, you guys, I know this life sometimes it's a lot but you got this and together we're stronger we're stronger together so amen amen sister thank you so much ladies and gentlemen sarah grace thank you for being here today i know it's not easy if you are ready to take this journey all the way i can help to find more about my unique method of turning your past trauma into your superpower or how to connect with me best, go to anaditchburn.com. This journey isn't possible to do on your own. So make sure you like, subscribe and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. And if you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, this is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the world's best trauma recovery podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now. <laughs>